LinkedIn has been a valuable tool for many reasons. One awesome feature is keeping me up to date with how my friends around the world are doing along with their business endeavors. After many announcements and growth since his first episode from this Forbes 30 under 30 winner, I needed to head back to Australia to hear more. But before I bring on this guest, it is rapid fire time. Some quick questions and quick answers to build some momentum. And I have to start. Maladin, which platform do you stream your podcast through? Apple. Apple, me as well. Where do you normally listen to your podcasts? Oh, man, usually when I'm walking the dog or in my net time, that no extra time, man, in the car. I like that. Now, how do you listen to your podcast if you're not in the car? Headphones, always need to concentrate. Me too. It really locks me in, distracts me from all that outside noise. And you mentioned walking your dog. I love that for when you have podcast time. It's really a time that's already set aside. Why not capitalize it? And that brings me to welcome you all, the listeners, to That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancey. And for those of you who are new to this show, whether you are looking to start or scale your business, this is the show for you. Because each episode, I sit down with an entrepreneur from around the world to share their story, and you never know which motivational journey is going to inspire you most. I heard that I'm bringing back a guest today, and that is because it is time for a Rewind the Clock episode. He's going to bring his firsthand experience and teach you how to experience growth as well. To remind you of who we have on today, he is a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient and an innovator entrepreneur, and social justice advocate who is passionate about solving some of the world's biggest problems while adding significant business value. He's the co-founder over at Bindi Maps, where they make places accessible and easy to navigate. And I love this analogy where if you have the Google Maps on your phone, it's like that, but for indoor spaces. If you've tried shopping in a shopping mall or one of those big information touchscreens, you know how they work. They put a kiosk in your pocket. And now I've mentioned he had a lot of growth, a lot of good things happening. So I have to bring him on. Miladin Yovanovich. Miladin, thank you for rejoining me, man. No, oh, dude, thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure. Likewise. Why don't you give our audience a little more of an intro to catch them up on who you are in case this is their first show with you? <clears throat> yeah, sure thing. Um, so my name is Miladin. Uh, I'm now the chief commercial officer at Bindi Maps. A uh, bit of a quick snapshot on me. Um, so I am uh, an entrepreneur with a commercial background. Um, so anything to do with sales, corporate partnerships, man, that's all my domain. That's all me. Um, I've mostly been involved in tech companies, but um, I've also had a party hire business um, at one point in my career, which was interesting. Uh, and now I'm working on something really, really exciting, which I'll touch on more later in the show, but I don't want to give it too much away in this early stage. Yeah, we have a lot to look forward to. And as I mentioned, LinkedIn's great for me because I don't do too much social media time unless I'm posting just because of the rabbit holes you can go down. But when I do log on, I see Maladin's name at the top. I know we have some big news. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about Bindi Maps and everything you have going on. Cool, man. Um, oh, man, so much has happened since the last time we spoke. I moved states. I used to live in Melbourne. Now I'm living in Sydney. All these crazy lockdowns with the COVID situations happening. I ended up moving out of there and now we're here going through another lockdown, um, but look, it hasn't all been bad. Um, so uh, you, you explained perfectly what Bindi Maps is. Um, so what we do is, is we set out on a mission about four years ago um, to make places accessible and inclusive specifically for people who are blind. Um, and then as time went on, um, we've we, we discovered, hey, you know, 
people who are blind aren't the only people that need to find their way around indoors. And we built this awesome technology. So why not leverage that to open up the doors for, for wayfinding and navigation for everyone, right? So we added things like visual maps. We added accessible routes for people with wheelchairs and all sorts of you know, awesome things that help people get around complicated um, indoor spaces. Uh, and now at the moment where we are with Bindi Maps, um, we're in the scale-up phase. Um, so since you know, since then we've hired, we, we've secured all of our key lighthouse clients, all the big developers in Australia. Now we're looking at to dip our toes in, into international waters. Um, damn, I think we hired about five or six people since since we last spoke. Um, we're hiring more. Yeah, man, we've got heaps of jobs up. Um, we're opening up the next round of investment, which is super exciting. We're going for our Series A, um, and yeah, we're hoping to we're hoping to be international within the next you know six six to twelve months. Incredible. Congratulations on more success. You mentioned how you're trying to expand international. For someone else in your shoes, and we could even say in Australia, what are some of the first steps you need to take? You mentioned securing big contracts, the big developers. What are some things that you've had to do more than just on the national domestic side? It's all about strategy. And, and there's a lot of it goes into, you know, what, what, what is your business selling and what is your expansion strategy, right? Because for us, um, the strategy that we've implemented is, is we're trying to piggyback off our current clients to start expanding into international waters. So I mentioned key lighthouse clients before. So the people that we've secured, they've got a presence in the US and Canada and, you know, Europe, but all over the world. And what we want to do is we want to start piggybacking off them and, and rolling out to those locations. But my advice here would be, really think about what is the easiest way to dip your toes into international waters. Is that securing the clients that you have here and then moving over with them? Um, you know, in some cases, it may be easy. Some, some international markets may be, you know, the low-hanging fruit for certain startups. So it may be, it may be a, a case of you just launching in those countries without actually testing Australia first. I wouldn't do that personally. Um, but, you know, any, anything's possible, right? Um, and, and it really, it really, really depends. And then you've got to think about, you know, all the accounting, all the legal frameworks, where are you going to establish a company? Can you actually, you know, just sell from Australia, which I don't think you can in most cases. Um, I know for the US, you've got to have a Delaware company and all these sorts of things. So there's a lot to think about. And when you're talking about expanding internationally, there's, there's like an endless pool of tech startups that have died somewhere in the Pacific Ocean that have tried to go international. <laughs> without actually thinking out this strategy. Uh, I mean, it's an exciting time. Everyone wants to jump jump abroad and go, you know, experience these things, but take a step back. And we have, I mean, we've been operating for about three and a half years now and we still haven't gone overseas. Um, so we're really, take, we're really cautious. We're really making sure we cover all bases before we go there. So a key piece of advice, make sure you think about, think about that and cover all your bases. I love the advice there, not tripping over yourself as much as we all want. <laughs> Gold at the end of the tunnel, we have to make sure we take the proper steps to get there. Because as you mentioned, you hear a lot of great companies doing things for a year, year and a half, and then they're gone, disappeared, gone. And in order to sustain, you have to do things the right way. So thank you for sharing that so passionately. Now, I'm assuming there's nothing else in the works besides Bindi Maps because of how much you have going on right now? Ah, uh, that is a wrong assumption, my friend. Oh, no. What do you got? Let's hear it. Yeah, man. All right. Listen to this. This is this is actually the first time this is being released out to the public. I haven't told anyone about this. It hasn't been posted anywhere. Everything's still in the works. It's still super early, but I'm going to share it here, man. So I've decided to go down the path of creating an online course, right? But it's not that boring, right? L listen to this. So... I've been invited back to several accelerator programs in Australia for you know two, two three years now, 
um, to teach their startups how to sell, right? Especially B2B sales, right? A lot of entrepreneurs come up with some awesome ideas. They come up with like these groundbreaking technologies, but the problem is they they don't know how to sell, right? A lot of people have that mentality of build it and they will come, which never happens, right? And what's what's so scary to me and, and, and unbelievable is <clears throat> going into these startups, every startup, has, sorry, going into these accelerator programs, every startup has to list what their top goals are, right? What do they want to achieve by the end of the program? And out of a cohort of 10 startups that I just saw, nine out of 10 of them had sales, B2B sales as the first thing. Many accelerator programs that I've talked to, you know, looked at their curriculum, all these structures and so on, there is maybe like two hours of content on sales. No one teaches sales. And it's like one of the most critical things, but specifically sales for startups. So, you know, going back year after year, being invited and, and the feedback I keep getting from these people is that it was one of the most valuable days or two days or three day courses that we did. So I started thinking, how do I scale this up, right? Like, how do I get this into the hands of so many startups around, around Australia and around the globe? And what I've done is I've pretty much packed everything that I do and I've made the most essential sales course for startups, right? Oh, <clears throat> Just to fill this gap in accelerator programs. And my, my launch date's the 16th of August, so I'm still, you know, busily getting everything done. Oh, wow. And it's called, and it's called Teaching Startups to Fish, right? Teaching Startups to Fish. That's it, I love man. it. And I, I know you now through a couple conversations before our shows. I know how much intensity you put behind these products. You go all in. You're leaving nothing on the table. So for everyone listening on, if this is something you're struggling with, you hear the success he's had and the time he puts into his projects, August 16th, stay tuned for this. And I'm glad I asked that because that's not what I was expecting. But let's also shift now a bit. We talked very briefly about COVID before. Australia is a long way from the United States, so some of my listeners would love to hear how COVID affected you maybe back in March 2020, and then now how we're back. Here we are, July 2021. <clears throat> yeah, man, um, COVID, I mean, around the globe, it's, it's wreaked, wreaked havoc on, on businesses um, and, you know, especially small businesses that are struggling to get through. That's, it's, it's been tough. Um, for us, we had a bit of a change of strategy and we sat down and we thought about, you know, what do we do when back in March when, it, when everything started going into lockdown? Um, and a lot of people started cutting back on employees, you know, cutting staff, not being able to pay wages. But we, we sort of, we took a different approach. Uh, we actually made a couple of hires in that time. Um, and we really focused on building out the technology. Um, so we used that time because we knew people aren't going to be out and about. No one's going to be, we're not going to have such huge demand from customers. So let's really focus on, on the core technology and make it 100% so we can come out of this, you know, guns blazing. And, and we did exactly that, right? And yeah. it turns out that because of that, during COVID, we picked up one of our biggest clients at the moment. Um, and then coming out of COVID, we had the biggest quarter in January. And now it's we, we had 500% growth yes. in the second quarter. It's been unbelievable. But in saying that, I mean, it still was it still was a tough time. And it was there was a lot of uncertainty. A lot of uncertainty. Um, yeah. There was a lot of uncertainty. And everyone was thinking about, you know, how do we move forward? Um, and we also had to rethink our, our implementation model, right? Because for us to be able to install the technology, we have to go out and site and we have to, you know, put, put our infrastructure in and so on. But because we couldn't travel, we couldn't cross borders. We started thinking about, you know, how do we get installation partners in different, in different states? And that's what also opened up so many doors now. We're thinking about, well, maybe we can start replicating this overseas, right? And then we started
started thinking about our sales strategy and instead of going out for meetings, all those sorts of things, we have to shift everything online. We have to start focusing more on how do you deliver content over Zoom, um, all those sorts of things. So, I mean, it was a big learning curve, but I think it's really set us up for what's happening next. I appreciate everything you said there because of a lot of great lessons there. That was my exact mentality. We're in completely different fields, obviously. But for me, the world was shut down. What do we do? A lot of entrepreneurs just stopped. And I'm sure you found that as well in Australia. But for me, it was do the things that I'm doing right and take it to the next level. That way, like you said, when it's over, I'm guns blazing. Now, this podcast series is probably right now 150 episodes. I've got the four shows total, the four books now. And this is all still pre-COVID. It's not over yet. So now mm -hmm. once this is officially back, I have the mental health book for middle school and adults. And then we have the mental health book for elementary school kids now all ready to go. As soon as these schools are opened, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm knocking Man. on the door already. <laughs> Do you ever stop? Do you stop? <laughs> I know this isn't going to sustain forever the lifestyle I'm on as far as this form of entrepreneurship. It's just when you don't have a product, I am the service. I am it all. So right now I have to keep building and make myself a sought after vendor, sought after speaker, sought after author, where now I have everything laid out as far as mental health. In the holiday season, I have something in works for the, the babies, the kids that can't read with their mommy and me. But before that, everything's on the table now. I put in the work that sometimes takes people decades to put in. The books are there. The podcasts are there. I'm forging relationships with, with you across the world right now. And as we spoke about the other day, I'm looking forward to sharing a stage with you one day. And the time will come. And it's going to be a good one. Oh, I can't wait, man. That's uh, so many exciting things are happening. And that's the thing. We just got to be patient, keep doing the little things right. And it only takes one. I'm a firm believer in that one person to sign on with you, your biggest client during COVID. For me, it could be a huge university, 20,000 kids that mm -hmm. want my book. And that's life-changing events. But to reach those life-changing events, you got to take advice from people. You cannot do this on your own. What is the best piece of advice you were ever given, Milad? Oh, man. Um, there was, I kept on sharing one, I've been asked this question a few times and there was one piece of advice that I kept on sharing and that was, um, it was so simple. Everything's going to be okay, right? And, and let me just explain that for a second because people take that out of context so many times when I say that, they're like, oh, well, that's stupid. No, right? So it's that piece of advice, everything is going to be okay. No, there, there are so many people that are going through so many different things, so many anxieties about, so for example, this online course, right, that, Man, I had to battle. I've been thinking about this for over a year, and I thinking about all the all the all the things you expose yourself to on social media, all the negative comments, what are people going to think, all those sorts of things. And just coming back to that core piece of advice, everything's going to be okay. It were it, it's so applicable in so many ways. Um, I think that was probably the best, but the most recent awesome piece of advice I was given was actually by my business partner. Um, her name's Anna. Uh, and that was um, while I was building this course, I started thinking about hiring videographers and getting people in and filming it. And, you know, the budget starts going up to 10, 20 grand. And I'm thinking, oh, man, it's just like, you know what? Think about the core of your product, right? Content. Focus on that. No one's going to sit there and be like, hey, look, the lights aren't perfect inside his video. They're going to they're reap massive benefits from your content. So really focus on that. And it's going back to that whole startup mentality, right? What's your minimum viable product? What's the core of your product? Focus on that, get that right. So I think, yeah, that's another key piece of advice. Very key piece. Sometimes simple is better. And you mentioned social media, something that takes us all a while to put in the rear view.
when I don't get social media engagement, I don't look at it as, oh no, I'm not doing something right. I move over to YouTube or LinkedIn where I'm getting feedback from business owners who are my potential customers. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I mean, it, it is, I mean, this is all new to me, so I'm going to overcome all those hurdles. So that little thing that you just mentioned there, thank you. I'm going to keep that in the and back it, of my mind. And you know, because in the beginning, you have to start from somewhere. I started speaking after my college graduation. So my core following was people I knew in the beginning. And then now when I go look in my comments, I don't even know anybody, which is humbling because that means my message is getting out to other people. I did a giveaway the other day on my Instagram for the first time. And people are, oh, is it available in India? Is it available in UK? All oh, And I'm just sitting here like, that's humbling to me because that means that slowly but surely the message is getting out. People are hearing my mental health talks, my entrepreneurship talks overseas, and they're engaging. So that's the stuff you have to look forward to. I'm looking forward to your international expansion and hopefully providing you with some context here in the U.S. When your time is right, I'm happy to help you. You're a hard worker and I love everything you stand for. But as we wind down, as entrepreneurs, we are constantly learning. What is one book you can recommend to everyone out here? Um, I was actually lucky enough to meet the author recently. She published an awesome book and it's called What I Wish I Knew When I Was 20. Um, so that's by oh, Tina wow. Seeley. Man, she is a titan in Silicon Valley. So there's just some awesome, awesome. So she wrote that actually for, I think it was her nephew. Um, his name is Josh for his 20th birthday. Uh, and this book was packed with so much awesome content. It was unbelievable, right? It, what was her name, the author? Tina Seely, T-I-N-A-S-E-E-L-I-G. <clears throat> And yeah, I was lucky enough to do to do like an online workshop with her, and we did all this brainstorming and stuff. I couldn't believe it. But she starts off the book with this um, with this example. She, she uh, there's this five dollar challenge, right? So you get a bunch of students, you you give them all five dollars, and then by the you set a period of time, and you say, okay, the the team with the most money that that can turn this five dollars into the most money wins, right? And an interesting thing happens. Some people get really bogged down on focusing on the five dollars. Whereas the teams that, ha that actually earned the most money, they completely disregarded the $5 because they're like, okay, well, let's start thinking about how we can start selling reservations at restaurants. We'll book out a restaurant and we'll start selling the reservations. We'll do all these sorts of things. So they didn't even think about the money. And then she talks about like framing the problems, thinking of solutions and really thinking outside the box and not being bound by, you know, certain walls and restrictions put on you based on the problem, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, there's so many things that I can rattle off about the, the online thing that we did and, you know, rethinking suitcases, which is really weird. But yeah, there's, I mean, such a great person to follow. So yeah, definitely look at her work, Tina Seeling. I appreciate that. And I have a, a queue of books. I'm sure you can relate. Sometimes business gets in the way. And right now I just wrote my last book. So I've got like six books ready to start. I'm looking forward <laughs> to a nice, relaxing week or two to read maybe in a month or two but normally <laughs> it's time for the last word here Miladin. but instead since this is your second time here it's a rewind the clock episode we're going to ask you to shout out and show love to any other entrepreneur on the planet who deserves some recognition i've got two i've got two um, better there's man one, there's this one local company here man uh it's called k2x um the, the two founders are alex and callan and alex is actually one of my very good childhood friends and he comes from the real estate industry and what they've done is they've pretty much taken all the grunt work out of real estate and allowed the agents to do what they do best right which is show people through the property and sell that property and all those sorts of things so they've pretty much built a business around prospecting for these agents 
getting them qualified opportunities and they, they just pretty much pass over something that's ready to be ready to be sold or ready to be listed. And in the past, like not even a year, it's been they started the business just out of COVID or something like that, and they've just had tremendous growth. Um, so massive shout out to them. Um, and another one that I really want to shout out, you know this person, man, uh, Phil Michaels. Like, Jesus Christ, that guy, he bought a fleet of jets, like is, is always traveling. What a guy, man. I can't believe, like, he's living the dream. So massive shout out to him, all the things that he's doing. Uh, I'm super impressed, always following the journey. Yeah, I haven't caught up with him in quite some bit. We've both been busy, but I've been seeing pictures of Jets, so I knew something was new in his world. <laughs> yeah, man, hit him up, see all the awesome things that have been happening. I couldn't believe it. Absolutely. Miladin, well, I got to thank you so much for rejoining this show for another episode. I really appreciate how you gave that exclusive announcement, never posted about this course is going to be big. He's had five or six hours. He's taught you how he's going about international expansion, which is big for all you big thinkers big dreamers out there. He shared the next round of investment is on his fingertips. He can almost feel it. And with that, I got to ask you, how can people get in touch with you? Man, follow me on my Instagram. So it's at Maladin Job. Um, and then connect with me on LinkedIn. So just linkedin.com forward slash Maladin hyphen Yovanovich. Um, and look, soon I'm going to have that website up, teaching startups to fish.com. Um, when that's out, you'll have some access to some awesome content, man. Absolutely. Be sure to check out everything has to offer. Make sure to say hello. He is a great resource to have, even if you are across the world like me. And be sure to check out the show as well. We're at That Entrepreneur Show on all social media. But on Twitter, we're at Podcasts by Lancey. So you have updates from all four shows. My handles are at Vincent A. Lancey for everything and YouTube as well. And my website is VincentALancey.com. And as always, I'll give you a great quote to end the show. And this one is from Jesse Owens. The battles that count aren't the ones for gold medals. The struggles within yourself, the invisible battles inside of all of us, that's where it's at. Thank you for listening. And I will see you all on the next episode of That Entrepreneur Show. Maladin, thank you again. Thank you, Vince.